You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Hidden Yardage Podcast. I'm Mark Lane, joined as always by Sean Martin. You can follow me on Twitter at the real Mark Lane, you can follow Sean at Sean Martin NFL. Sean, how are you doing tonight? Hey, good to uh, be recording something where I can look out my window and still bright out. You know, we usually do Sunday nights, but still sundown coming up here in Austin. So nice uh, bonus episode of Hidden Yard. It's doing good. Yes. And joining us on the bonus episode is EA from uh, Sports Ra- 1310, The Ticket. Uh, it's good to talk to you, EA. Mark, Sean, it's great to be on. I guess you guys got desperate since I'm on here now. <laughs> yes, technically. You know how the offseason is, isn't it? No, yeah. I mean, we got desperate because we had about four hours notice, and I was thinking, who can I call on such short notice and none other than EA, you know? That's An right. alumnus, I, I, by the way, of the Best for Business um, radio podcasting streaming show that Walt Chisholm still does. So, uh, yeah, we go back a long way, EA. We do. We go all the way back to high school football covering uh, and then, you know, not getting the job, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you you know, all of that, I got to tell you, folks, and not to get philosophical and everything, but it might have been better that for me, I don't know about for you, EA, but for me to get that rejection because then it was like, I'll show you. I'll make my own way. What are you talking about? Uh, you mean I can't cover Dallas-Fort Worth high school football? I'm too dumb to keep stats and play-by-play and stuff? I'll show you. And, you know, here we are. I don't know that I've shown anything per se, but it nevertheless provided the motivation. Exactly. Everybody at some point should try their hand at covering high school football. I mean, it's the purest form of just having to be on top of, like, everything. If you can take in four quarters of a high school game where the stats are unreliable, the field conditions are whatever they may be, there's elements, there's back and forth. If you can do all that, sit down at your computer and decompress everything that just happened for four quarters of a high school football game, you know, you know you're on to doing some big things, even though in the moment you might not realize it because, again, you're doing a high school game. But that really is just, I think, you know, the essence of, why we do what we do. Exactly. And don't, don't cover ponder football because all you would be writing down is rushing yards because all they did was run the football yeah. 24 That was my high school, but I, I wasn't from a, you know, I mean, New Jersey has some good high school, but I'm not going to uh, compare it to anything you see down here in the South, like Texas or Arkansas, or not even on the same planet. Uh, well, I think Arkansas and New Jersey high school football might be about the same Texas just <laughs> on a whole never another level but I'll tell you I mean even though I could probably get into games you know for the NFL and college man high school I'd love I'll be honest with you I love sitting in a high school 
football press box taken in a game because it is that's like you said it's that particular sport our thing in its purest form that and the free food yeah yeah especially if they bring <laughs> home style barbecue or something oh it's the best why do you think I'm a journalist from the, for, to begin with? It's because of the free food. I don't really care about sports. I, I just want free food. <laughs> I wondered why your diets yeah, never exactly. work. That's Ross Tucker's whole brand. You know, I'm sure you guys are familiar. He just does like the hashtag Tuck Spread on Instagram, and it's amazing. He just does like full-on reviews of press box food and makes it all of us jealous. That's the key, to get, get to his level. Yeah, it, it's that will make you jealous. Um, but what Cowboys fans are hoping – in 2022 is that other NFL fans, particularly NFC East fans, will continue to be jealous of their team. Now, for that to happen, some really great things need to take place. And with off-season workouts having concluded with the OTAs and the mandatory minicamp, let me ask you this, EA. What, what is the most optimistic thing that came out of the off-season workouts this year? Honestly, because I'm so pessimistic, it has to be that Dak Prescott somehow survived and he's still healthy and he looks great as he does because everything this offseason has been very pessimistic. But if I guess the best answer I could give you really is the offensive line looking better than what we thought, especially with Tyler Smith coming in there and doing what better than what we expected because, as you know, on draft night, we were all calling the end of the world because – we drafted a guy who was so raw that we didn't expect him to be ready for the NFL. But from all the reports I'm hearing is that he's doing somewhat well. And I guess that's the best optimistic case scenario we can give for the Cowboys coming out of uh, minicamp right now. Yeah, I would say the confidence of, you know, Mike McCarthy has talked pretty extensively about, you know, how happy he is to be having a full offseason program and doing all the things at a different points in his Cowboys tenure so far, he's missed out on. And, you know, that confidence came through pretty clear when, you know, it was announced that they cut off the last minicamp practice, did a team bonding type of thing instead. And, you know, when kind of pressed about that a little bit to maybe turn it into a clickbait headline type of deal for desperate people in the off season, you know, he basically just said, you know, we did all of our installs. We're happy with what we installed. And that was the entire goal of this week. So, you know, to be ahead on their installs, I don't quite know what that means as far as obviously there's still work to do on what you install so you can perfect it and take it into a game and into the season and make those tweaks so that you can actually play, you know, a sustainable offense, which you didn't do last year at all. But to have the installs go, you know, without a hitch like that and probably go better than expected with Tyler Smith out there getting those reps at both guard and tackle, that's probably the best news that we can. Yeah, I think that with the report from Mike McCarthy – that he would bring up in his press conference about how the rookies were staying later. They were doing virtual work on their own. They were coming in over the weekend and getting work in. I think that that was encouraging because it will take that player ownership uh, to really push any team over the top, particularly in pro sports today with the way the CBAs and the unions are organized, it takes that player ownership in order for teams to reach the next level. So if the Cowboys rookies are showing it already, that's very encouraging. Will it manifest on opening night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? 
Probably not. You may not start to see it, it, the fruits of it, until November, December, when they start to understand the game along with what they've been told and have the continued reps and game action. But it, it just shows that at least their attitude is in the right place. And, you, Mark, you brought that up because, you know, the rookies, especially for the Dallas Cowboys, you really have to hope that they hit on these rookies and they are big contributors, especially in the first three rounds, because um, this Cowboys team during the offseason, we didn't add anything. We lost a lot of players going out. So you really do expect your rookies to come in here and they're going to be big contributors. They're the, they're the X factors that you brought onto this team. So if they are not contributing – somewhat like by mid-season, then you're going to have a very, very long 2022 season. Yeah, and that's why I want to know from you guys. Uh, we'll, we'll go back to EA. Just who are some of your pet cats that you'll be, you know, keeping an eye on during training camp? Well, more the excitement factor, and I, of course, is Tolbert because I just want to see what he does. I loved him coming out of college. So I just want to see how he adjusts in the NFL role. And with, you know, Gallup's injury status being very up in the air, he's going to get an opportunity to start really quickly in the uh, opening games, especially in late stages of training camp. But honestly, I'm looking at Sam Williams because I want to see who's going to replace Randy Gregory. And he's pretty much the only guy that really is fits that prototype. So Sam Williams is my pet cat who I'm going to really keep an eye on and see is he going to add to this defense? Because as much as we say, oh, well, the defense is the strength of this team, they did lose some key players there. So Sam Williams is my guy. Yeah, Williams is a great pick. I mean, Dan Quinn, ever since he arrived here in Dallas, has been able to swing a pretty big stick in that war in that draft war room and get the guys he wants. And I think Williams is the perfect example. And plus he has you know some nice veteran depth in front of him to kind of protect that development time that we need to see from defensive ends where it usually takes – quite a while for them to really put a rush plan together. Um, but some of the raw athleticism from Williams could certainly allow him to make a flash, whether it's at left end or on the inside. He could defend the run, so that can earn you snaps pretty early on. And that's a guy you're going to see some things uh, in training camp from. You know, I think you have to look at this receiver group. The opportunity is so abundant there still. James Washington was in the walking boot for all of OTAs. So, you know, they want to give him every chance to get out of that, of course, before they go to training camp and then really – crank up that production with Dak Prescott and those reps and that timing. So all of that would be in store for Washington, who's a bit of a veteran at this point and a known commodity. But I think you're still going to see plenty of guys like Simi Fajoko, um, even TJ Vassar, Noah Brown is still hanging around here, of course. But I like this guy, Ty Freifogel. He's a UDFA receiver out of Indiana. And there's a recent Cowboys roster projection that actually has uh, Fajoko not making this team. And I see Freifogel as kind of a similar player to Fajoko. They're both kind of slot, shifty guys, can change direction uh, quickly, make catches you know, in traffic, not afraid of defenders hanging on their back, ex- extend beyond their frame to catch the ball type of receivers. So yeah, I think Fogel, if he gets enough reps, and that's a big if, you know, could really do something with Prescott and become you know a favorite player of the quarterback here. And if you can do that, and if you could carve out a role on John Fossil's special teams as well, then I think we might be talking about Flyfogel uh, not demanding a roster spot, but, you know, in a perfect world, finding a way to keep him either on the roster or the practice squad or in some way like that. Yeah, I talked with um, Eric Galco, who's with the Shrine Bowl, and he said that Flyfogel is someone that could challenge for a roster spot. And 
if he stuck around either on the practice squad um, or otherwise that if he just has development within the system, he may be someone that they could count on by the end of his rookie contract. So Fry Fogle, yeah, there's, there's some potential there for me. Um, I'm a cat hoarder. So, you know, I got many cats. <laughs> so I would have to say, uh, positionally in the receivers, TJ Vasher, someone that I'd be interested in seeing. Um, also at tight end, although Jake Ferguson is commanding attention. And then you've got the situation with Dalton Schultz, uh, the undrafted free agent, um, Peyton Hendershot from Indiana. It'd be intriguing to see how he adjusts to the NFL game. Also, Matt Willetsko, uh, if he can challenge Josh Ball, if he can make his case uh, at, at the tackle position. And then Neville Gallimore, what, I, I want to see if he can stay healthy enough and just come out of the gate week one ready to go, no elbow, hyperextension, or something that keeps him out for 12 games. Oh, but, you know, four to six weeks, 12 games. Um, and then uh, Tyler Coyle at safety, uh, just to see if Dallas can develop another young guy at that position because you do have your big nickel in Jaron Curse. You also have Malik Hooker, who they like playing opposite of Curse. But in terms of the development of younger players, Tyler Coyle someone that I'd be interested in seeing if he can, you know, just carve out a spot and stick around. So those are my cats. Mark, you, you brought up, Mark, you brought up Josh Ball, and I want to ask you guys both that question because he's been kind of the unknown figure. I mean, I know he had the domestic violence situation when he was drafted. Then he got hurt, and he hasn't been. He play, didn't play the entire season. Now he's back in training camp. Do you guys think that Josh Ball has a real opportunity to actually make this roster, or do you think that they're looking for Matt to come in there and challenge him for that spot? Because I, I really am intrigued by Josh Ball because the offensive line to me is the biggest slash weakness of this uh, this organization i think that they need to focus on that what do y'all what do y'all i think ball has an opportunity just because i mean you have to believe somewhat in this in the player development part of this program that mike mccarthy has been here for and you know he's don't want to say made excuses but like i already mentioned he's you know reminded the media and all of us alike that you know he hasn't had certain parts of off seasons or he had the covid year when he started to do, you know, all the player development things that maybe he's able to do. But now the Cowboys, you know, knowing all that and seeing that firsthand are pretty much all in on either his player development program or, you know, the next coach who would then have his say of, you know, which coordinators are going to stick around and if Kellen Moore is going to still be the future here. It doesn't seem likely that, you know, another coach would want to work with Kellen Moore potentially and then Dan Quinn can get another head coaching job just as he had, you know, a chance at this offseason. So they're really all in on this current coaching staff being able to quickly develop players, which is something they haven't fully proven they can do. But Ball's had the offseason here. So, you know, you would hope just for the sake of how many young players are going to be counting on this year that a guy like Ball can show that he's a little bit ahead of those young players so they can look to him and say, oh, you know, in a year's time, I'll be able to contribute. And this this thing is ramping up through 22 slash 23. Yeah, with 
the tackle situation. So Tyron Smith stays the same. Um, Lyle Collins goes. Terrence Steele fills Lyle Collins' role. Josh Ball should fill the Terrence Steele role. Um, Ty Naseki goes. Matt Willetsko or Isaac Alarcon fills the um, Ty Naseki role. So I, I think it's just kind of like, um, you, you know, how when you go to the convenience store and you pull out a Coke and then another one comes behind it. I think it's kind of like that is they're just trying to restock the shelves and, but they're doing it with two really young guys, unproven commodities and ball and well, let's go replacing, like I said, you know, in some measure in the collective sense, Niall Collins and Ty Naseki. So it's a little bit risky and, but I think that's what this roster represents is maybe kind of a one step back so they can go two steps forward when you play out the rest of these rookie contracts. Then you'll have that depth and maybe a super season to compete like they did in 2014 and 2016. So uh, that's where I see this going. Uh, but it nevertheless, I think it'll leave some ambiguity at tackle at swing tackle by the end of training camp. I don't think it's going to be as solved and as sure as it was in 2021 where you knew Terrence Steele was the guy that was the swing tackle and you had Lyle Collins back. So that's where I see it going. Yeah, the Tyler Smith pick this year told you that they want to get back to being physical in the run game. They want Ezekiel Elliott, who McCarthy already said is putting you know record numbers in the weight room. He's that strength type of back now. And they're, they're better prepared, they say, to complement him with the speed and all the things that Tony Power can do and use all those things. But getting Smith in their left guard tells you they really want to see Lyman on the second level again, smashing these smaller defenders and just getting back to between the tackles, physical football that we just haven't seen in you know quite a while, which is surprising for this team. And so when you talk about Ball having a chance here, I mean, his college tape did show some of that nastiness in the run game. So... As far as them giving a priority to those types of players, you know, he'll have a chance just because of what he could do, kind of moving people uh, paddle-level-wise in the run game. Yeah, and here we are. We're talking about the offensive linemen. They haven't even hit. It's been basketball on grass in the offseason. And what I've noticed, I did it. Marcus Mosher, he picked up on it and did it, is if you took a screen grab of the live streams on Twitter of the Mike McCarthy press conference, there would be maybe a few dozen people when, you know, it seemed like last year there'd be a few hundred people. So, you know, Sean, I, I just wonder, do you think that fan interest, now that we've gone through the whole thing of the offseason and here we are in the doldrums, do you think fan interest is down more than usual? I think very slightly. You know, I think when it comes to like things like the McCarthy views and trying to make that a thing, you know, I just there's so many other ways to if he says anything interesting to get those quotes. I mean, you know, to take a broader view of this, like, you know, why are less people watching, you know, cable news and things like that in certain situations? Because they know, you know, the headlines are available more on the go. The best way to consume them doesn't have to be, you know, live right in front of the screen. Somebody else is going to do that work for you to pull out anything you need to know about. We do it at bloggingtheboys.com. 
with if McCarthy says something relevant or what we think is relevant, you can read about it on your phone during your lunch break, on a you know scrolling Twitter just to read the quote, as opposed to having to open Twitter, open the video, and then you're stuck there with you know just McCarthy fielding questions and the pauses in between and all that. So overall, though, you know I think it's a fair question mark because I do think fan interest is slightly down for the off season. It's just hard to you know get all fired up and rallied up for you know oh. This is going to be exciting. Oh, look, they got this going. Man, I can't wait to, you know, dot, 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 repeat as NFC East champions. Like that's, you know, what the excitement is about, even though the playoff success has never followed in any recent history for this team. So that's what we're all waiting for. But, you know, make no mistake that come week one or come even the preseason, there's going to be a lot more excitement about this team. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. EA, you work in sports radio there in DFW. What are you seeing? Yeah, I was going to say Sean is right on because, again, you know, working here at the ticket, um, the Cowboys' interest is still number one. You know, when we talk about it, we generate a lot of interest because it's the Cowboys. They'll never, ever not be interesting. Now, I will agree, though, it is down because of the offseason they're having. Stephen Jones, in my opinion, has had a terrible offseason in terms of the way it looks the way he's, his actions have gone, it's just been bad. you got to give them an F. I'm sorry, you have to. And when that happens, the fans don't generally get there and get excited. Now, if we had a big breakthrough offseason saying we got these players, we brought back certain individuals, I guarantee you there would be a, a huge interest right now in the mid month of June because they're excited because we have the potential to be a playoff slash Super Bowl contender come this season. But because that's not happening, of course, you're not going to have that same interest. But Sean made a huge point. He goes, come August, come September, when the games matter, you're going to start to see that interest creep up. It's just that we're in the middle of June, and we don't have that excited offseason to what we're going to talk about. So why would they care about these offseason mini camps? Because it's about guys we don't generally care about right now. My favorite was there was a particular medium that would – Every year in 2011, 2012, 2013, run in the offseason of the Mavs and Rangers <laughs> surpass the Cowboys in DFW interest. Uh, it's their Cowboys offseason, and it's their regular season. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> like, come on. Well, all this Dodson's Dak Prescott comparisons that go on, it's like, can you just let great players be great? Like, Dallas has had – 
you know, they're a fair saver, but, you know, certainly they could use more on both teams because the Mavericks are trying to get further in the playoffs. And so I, the I, want, but, I, I want Dak Prescott compared to Otto Graham. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Break out the letter helmets. <laughs> I mean, it, it, Mark, it, it, this is generally what you've been here. You've covered it in the area. It's what happens. We are in a lull right now. So, of course, the other teams might get a little bit of coverage, but it's still the Cowboys. They'll never lose it. Even at their worst, even during the 5-11 and 11 seasons, they still generated some kind of controversy. So there's no doubt about it. Fans will be excited because I guarantee you, they're, they're fans 100%, whether they're the worst team in the NFL or the best team in the NFL, September, come September on Sunday night, they will be ready to go. That's how it always works. It'll never end. Yeah, I mean, I have a friend here in Austin who's a Houston Texans fan, and he's still going to that game against Tampa. It might be his first Cowboys home game. I'm not sure. I'll definitely ask him and circle back on that. But he had some other trip planned, and instead his friend said, no, let's go, let's go to a Cowboys game. And, you know, even as a Texans fan, he's all in on going to see Cowboys Bucks. So. Okay, so your Texans fan friend. Is going to see the Buccaneers versus Cowboys at AT&T Stadium. It makes sense. It's AT&T Stadium. It's a Cowboys home game. When his team literally plays the Cowboys that December in AT&T Stadium, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to talk to him about that. Maybe that's another game that uh, you know me and him can try to go to. I don't know what my plans are as far as the Cowboys game this year. But... He's a Texans fan. What do you expect, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Austin's such an interesting mix for football because we're like almost equidistant between Dallas and Houston. So I just expected like, you know, arrogant me coming down from the Northeast to come to Texas. So I'm like, oh, this whole thing's going to be Cowboys fans. And it'd be like a little dot of Texans fans. But I'm, I was like, I'm not going to meet Texans fans. I'm just going to be all Cowboys fans. And then there's a good amount of Texans fans here. <laughs> and in the early uh, 2010s, when Dallas w- had the eight and eight seasons with Garrett and the Texans were winning the AFC South with 10, 12-win seasons. Uh, Austin swung the pendulum towards the Houston Texans. And so it's really been quite a battle, but I think that it's, you know, kind of because the ships are sinking, if you will, but the Cowboys not as fast. Um, I think the Cowboys have probably overtaken a little bit but uh, yeah that's just interesting your Texans fan friend is going to go to the Bucks game he's not going to go see his team play the Cowboys and watch to see Brady you know why he still can I guess yeah I do want to ask him more about about that he kind of just mentioned it in passing but yeah he will be at that game no the thing is you see Brady when you're about to retire okay because he's going to go on he's like the sun he goes on for billions <laughs> that's, of that's years right. You see, Brady, you're about to retire. Oh, no, I, I would never. Yeah, I, I was just saying I, I would. Honestly, I live here in Dallas, and I'm not going to go see Brady. So <laughs> I know I'm going to see him anytime. It's, it's not a cheap ticket right now. So like I said, uh, I didn't know. I don't think I can afford it unless I can go cover the game. But I don't think that's happening. So. <laughs> hey, what about your co-host, though, on Sundays? You think he'll go to the game? Well, one of them will be because he has to work the game, so pretty sure he'll do. But the other one, I don't know about Walt. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we, you know I wasn't talking about Walt. <laughs> yeah, I got to beat up for the Giants game this year, so that was pretty Lucky. cool, uh, you know, to continue their dominance against NFC East opponents. I was there with two Giants fans, 
So it was kind of, you know, fun. We, we had some fun with that. Uh, See, that's always interesting because, you know, going to games with other people who are fans of the other teams, um, you know, that's kind of an interesting dynamic there. I just, I always don't know why they make, you know, I, I don't understand why they make that road trip there, but, you know, you know, each their own. Well, they were amazed by the stadium because MetLife is a dump. I mean, even the most diehard Jets or Giants fan or anybody that has anything to do with MetLife up there in New Jersey would tell you that MetLife is a, not a great stadium. See, that's why I'm hoping because the World Cup, they will decide who plays their final. And it's between. it seems like it's between Dallas and um, uh, MetLife for who will host the World Cup final. And I'm hearing Dallas has the edge because of AT&T Stadium and the ability to have a roof. Because apparently it rains in New York a lot, so even in some yeah, and but I think what it'll come down to maybe is the infrastructure of getting a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand fans at that final, yeah. Um, yeah. and if the super you know Super Bowl forty five was any indication, Dallas still still I mean Arlington still has a ways to go with that, but hey, they've been trying with Texas Live. With Globe Life Field, um, I know that they've really been trying to build that up, that area. So we'll just have to see if they're able to pull it off. But in the fact that they're even in the running, though, it just it begs the question: with Dallas, you know, with AT and T Stadium getting a World Cup match, um, have the Dallas Cowboys transcended? being a sports team should we start thinking of them as a sports brand you know kind of like nike or you know jordan or reebok or um you know should should we start thinking of them in terms of a sports brand because you had the the wrestlemania was there it's been there twice at at d stadium you had the nba all-star game in 2010, you've had the Super Bowl, you've had uh, CONCAFA matches, you've had World Championship boxing, um, you've had you've had the national championship game for the college football playoff I think, twice now. Um, you've got the Cotton Bowl there, and of course Cowboys games. And now, like I said, they're going to bring in a FIFA World Cup match. Are they, are, and then you get the Cowboys, they, the number one watched team on television and the most read about, and you look at their social media channels and stuff. Are they more of a brand now and not so much a sports team? I would say so because, I mean, I look around and I see people wear the Dallas Cowboys star and they're not even remotely sports fans of, or football fans. They just wear the star. You go over overseas – uh, European countries, when they think of America, they think of the in football, they think of the Cowboy Star. That star itself has become legendary all across the world, and that's why we're the it's considered what the number one fran- uh, sports franchise in the world in terms of money, in terms of net worth, because Jerry Jones, regardless hate him or not, has marketed this team to become the world's team. And, and when you think NFL football, it's the Cowboys you think of. So yes. I do agree. I think we are bigger than this in an NFL sports team. The Cowboys have elevated themselves to become a marketing juggernaut, and will no matter if win or lose, they'll consistently always have their merchandise being sold, and somebody will have that star on their hat. 
Oh, there absolutely is a, a large percentage of fans, you know, if you can call them that, that they they are a fan of the idea of the Dallas Cowboys more than the football team. Like they like everything about mm-hmm. it. They like that you know that the cheerleaders are visible and they can be recognized. They like the star. They like the stadium. They like you know that Jerry Jones is always in the headlines. So they can feed off of what he's saying. Dak Prescott, what you know, what have you. There's always something to appeal to that part of the of you know Cowboys nation, if you will. But I don't think they you know that part of the fan base has drowned out the actual diehard football fans yet. You know, I've only been living in Texas for about a year and I can tell you on a personal level, you know, I feel the connection to football that this state has and it's, it's unreal. I mean, everybody, I think you can go to all 49 states and just strike up a conversation in a sports bar with somebody and ask them what they know about Texas. And you're going to get quite a few answers that are, Oh, football, high school football, or just a passing forward, a barbecue, or, you know, there's a few answers you can expect to get when talking about Texas and football is firmly on that list. But I was just, you know, personally, I was not prepared to see it at the at the level that I have in just a short time that I've lived here. So I think the true diehard football Cowboys fans are still out there. They haven't been outnumbered by, you know, quote unquote, the fake fans yet. Um, but the fact that those fake fans do firmly exist, if you can call them that, um, does show that there is a brand, you know, that goes beyond the field here. And the Cowboys don't shy away from that at any given second. I mean, they partner with the World Cup. They partner with cryptocurrency. They host concerts and MMA and everything under the sun at AT&T Stadium. So they don't run from that. They want those people to care about the Cowboys as well. They also know that the amount of people that care about the on-field product, the football team, uh, is still you know a huge majority of fans out there. And that's why there's a lot of pressure on them to make that product better and you know try to get this thing back to the playoffs. And not only get there, but succeed because that's what the fans are looking for and that's what i think is actually perfect about the cowboys is they are i don't know if we'll call it mediocre but an above average team since that last super bowl win um particularly i would say since uh 2010 we'll say the at&t stadium era um because they're good enough to where they get their fans excited, yet they don't touch success enough of in terms of conference championship games, Super Bowls enough, that the haters are fascinated and triggered because there's a chance the haters can win. It Honestly, it'd be hard to be a hater of the New England Patriots over the, the during the Brady era um, or the Pittsburgh Steelers from about oh two, you know, up two thousand to about um, you know twenty ten, because they were good, because they you know they were in the Super Bowl and the conference championship games and stuff. But with the Cowboys, if you're a hater, there's at least a chance you'll be right, and that's what I'm saying. That's why they get all the eyeballs and all the attention and everything. And then there's enough of that attention that Jerry can leverage that to go out and get the deals with the cryptocurrency, which then he can use to leverage and then get the deal to bring the World Cup to Dallas. And so, yeah, I think that Jerry's really, really got it all working. Because even when they were winning in the 90s, guys, they, 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 there weren't any deals. Their deals were like with Apex, okay, as the official outfitter of the Cowboys. Yeah. Jerry brought in Nike. Um, he was 
caught with NFL properties. They owned everything. By Wellington Mara, the Giants owner, by the way. And so he made a deal with uh, Pepsi and Dr. Pepper to be the official uh, Coke. I mean, it's Coke. See, that's how Southern I am. But the official soft drink of of Texas Stadium because he owned Texas Stadium. Do do people in Arkansas call it pop? No! No! It's It's Coke. It's what kind of Coke do you want? Wait, but that doesn't make any sense. That's even worse. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. But you know what? It doesn't matter because the right answer is Dr. Pepper. But how do you ask for Dr. Pepper if the server is like, what kind of Coke? I, I... I, I, I gotta tell you, that was one of my greatest memories of my life, okay, is I left covering an event at the Star. It was actually the coronation of the Ring of Honor walk at the Star when they were building it in 2016. And then Roger threw a pass to Drew Pearson to reenact the Hail Mary catch. But it was leaving that event and pulling up at the stoplight. And I looked to my left. And there's a CEO of Dr. Pepper, and I roll down the window and show him I'm drinking one. And that's what I'm saying. That, you know, that's, uh, that's one of my best memories. You should have got a lifetime uh, supply of Dr. Pepper right there. Yeah, where's our sponsorship, man? Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, promo code Mark Lane at <laughs> checkout. I will say this, though. Um, even if you go back from the – you made a good point because in the 90s they weren't really that. But, again, if you look around – the Cowboys today in the Cowboys, as you said, we are an above average, it's an above average franchise, but look at like today's youth. Everybody loves like the Warriors, right? The Warriors are dominating and that's why Golden State has become this phenomenal franchise, right? You look at any other, look at the Dodgers, they're winning now. So they're the it team or the Houston Astros. They're the it team. The, and that's the only way. Okay. Not to interrupt, but I got to add a little note to that though. Okay. The Warriors were nothing. In terms of a, you know, but the Dodgers, they were something in terms of gear that people wore even before they started winning again. Right. And that's my point. I'm saying is that for the Cowboys, ironically, they're the one team, despite not having any kind of success, they don't need that. They are still the top of the top everywhere you go because, regardless, it doesn't matter what they do on the field. It's that it's become to the point where it doesn't matter. We still watch the Dallas Cowboys win or lose. They're still, I mean, I think they just put out the top games in 2021. The Cowboys had four of them. The number one game was the Thanksgiving day game against the Raiders. Like it's ironic that it doesn't matter whether or not they are great or not. They still become the most popular franchise ever. And that's just attuned to what I guess Jerry has done with the marketing or because of what it was back when Tex Graham was running things. It didn't matter. It's stuck in. And now the Cowboys are a part of American uh, culture. And that's, I think that's why it's because it's not in the zeitgeist of American culture that, that that's why we think of them as the football team. And there's always a stigma that comes with these types of teams. That, and there's not many, of course, but the teams like you're mentioning EA and the Cowboys, of course, that build the type of following that's so loyal, no matter how they perform, that the narrative always follows like, oh, why would they be pressured to, you know, spend in free agency or actually improve the product or, you know, do this or that. They're going to get the fans anyway. You know, I remember that was a big talking point as the Chicago Cubs were uh, trying to get back to the World Series and, you know, looking at how far they came being the lovable losers type of team where Wrigley Field would mm-hmm. still be a sellout when they were bad. So everybody was like, man, you know, why – yeah, the Cubs haven't won in a billion years, but why? Where's the pressure to snap that? Because 
the fans are still coming out, but they still snapped it. So, you know, the Cowboys want us to think they're working towards that. And in some ways, of course, they are. But, you know, that narrative never gets shaken from these great teams, too. It doesn't take away from their greatness as a brand or as a team in certain cases, like the Warriors, who now have the championship again. But it does follow you. And I think part of why the Cowboys focus so much on the brand, too, is that they can kind of put that aside and squash that and keep that talk aside as far as, oh, you know, none of this is second to the football team because they still do put that work in on the team. Well, hey, it's been a great episode of the Hidden Yardage podcast. EA, we're really thankful that you came on. You can check out EA on Twitter at EA Sports DFW because, you know, of course, that, that would be his Twitter handle. You can find me on Twitter at the Real Mark Lane, and you can find Sean at Sean Martin NFL where they can do what? Hey, join the conversation. Come talk uh, football, Cowboys, NFL, baseball, what have you. Taylor Ham versus Pork Roll. I, I was getting to that, but I was I want to throw baseball in because the Yankees are like 50 and 17 at the time of this recording, so they're having such a ridiculous year that it's going to be a pretty fun summer following that team. Nonetheless, yeah, come come join in on uh, everything we have going on the front page, of course, of bloggingtheboys.com and our Twitter spaces that we do every Sunday night before the Hidden Yardage recording gets going and Hidden Yardage is normally available every Monday, but this episode's coming at you on a Tuesday. That's right. Hey, you've been listening to the Hidden Yardage podcast. Uh, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. We're part of the Blog and the Boys podcast network. So there it is. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.